Welcome to the Physionic Broadcast, where we dive into this month's top health stories in a science-based manner. Links related to all discussed stories are in the description. Today we'll be discussing artificial sweetener toxicity, are genetics the cause of erectile dysfunction, what is the true quality of your protein supplement, as well as chewing gum vitamins. Sweet or not so sweet? Artificial sweeteners like aspartame, sucralose, saccharin, and others have been a hotbed of debate for some time now with a series of claims made against their health neutrality, but a new study pushes a new claim to the forefront of the skepticism. Artificial sweeteners have a toxic effect on the gut microbiome. This is a scary sounding claim because many artificial sweeteners have been approved by the FDA over the last many years. The gut microbiome has been implicated in considerable health outcomes and keeps gaining prominence in the literature as more scientists turn their focus on understanding the symbiotic relationship between the bacteria, viruses, and fungi found across our body and their impact, positive or negative, on our body. By comparison, a vast number of studies have been performed on artificial sweeteners have, and have deemed them safe for consumption at extremely high levels, levels beyond conceivable consumable levels. So what's correct? My thoughts, both are correct. The reason being in the dose. Many studies have shown artificial sweeteners to be harmful at extreme doses, and while this new study shows a dose of one milligram per milliliter to be harmful, which may not sound like much on the surface, but that is a ridiculous sum. To contextualize this, if the human body holds roughly 40 liters of water, some more and some less, that is about 40,000 milligrams of artificial sweetener in the human body, equivalent to 40 grams. 40 grams might not seem like much, but as artificial sweeteners are in the ballpark of 200 times sweeter than regular sugars, we use milligrams of it to sweeten our food, meaning our in-body dosage is milligrams per liter, not milligram per milliliter as used in the study. So while this study sheds light on artificial sweeteners interaction with bacteria, the scary is still in the dose, perfectly in line with previous conclusions. So erectile dysfunction. While few men may want to acknowledge that they live with it, it is relatively common, especially later in life, but certainly at any age. It exists due to hormonal fluctuations, neurological issues, and also due to psychological measures. However, now a genetic cause has been discovered. Researchers show that genes in close proximity to one another seem to have, for a lack of better wording, dysfunction in their interaction as they fail to activate accordingly. So what implications could this discovery have? Well, if scientists know where to look, the identification of a specific gene in individuals is an easy, 
and cost-effective way to determine what kind of treatment pattern would be most effective for that particular man. If Viagra doesn't work, there may be a genetic reason for that ineffectiveness. And if we can screen for it, we will know to exclude particular drugs or therapies and focus on others that have worked for men with similar genetic background. We're talking personalized penis therapy. Protein, bro. So important for muscle building, that lean physique many people dream of possessing. The supplement industry makes millions upon millions selling you and me their different iterations of protein, one claiming to be better than the next. Yet when these supplements are prepared, might it matter how they are prepared? It seems so. Not only should you be paranoid about who is screwing you with what is written on the label compared to what they actually put in, but how is it prepared? Specifically, was it thermally prepared? Some protein companies are using a thermal technique that heats the constituent parts in preparation, and while it surely helps their process, there's a chance particular amino acids are rendered inactive by this heating process. In science, when we heat proteins, proteins will unfold, called denaturing. And while this is less of a worry here, as we are more concerned with the amino acids that make up the protein, not the protein structure itself, it may be a concern if that heating process also affects the amino acids themselves. I'd reserve judgment until further research comes out, but something to keep an eye on moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, let's discuss vitamins. Full confession, I used to take Flintstone vitamins, the chalky, weird tasting type, before food technologists became better at making tasty vitamins. I genuinely feared swallowing vitamins because I thought I was going to choke on them. Hey, you never know. But if you also can't handle gummy vitamins because they're too good and you end up binging 10 of them in a sitting, then rejoice. Chewing gum vitamin delivery may be an option at least partly. Since 10% of individuals are deficient in vitamins B6 and C, researchers have found that simply chewing, using vitamin fortified chewing gum, is effective at increasing serum levels of both vitamins, along with a few others, B1, B2, B3, A, and E. Consider that the study was just to see the effectiveness if this persists long term is yet to be determined, but in my humble opinion, I see no reason it shouldn't work based on presented data. Chew it up. And with that said, the Physionic broadcast comes to an end. If you found anything interesting, share and comment below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you're new here and you want a science-based education of your body, consider subscribing. Till next time, peace.